Welcome to the Colorful Clipboard, where we discuss the building blocks of making dough in childcare. I'm Kate. And I'm Carrie. Welcome back to Colorful Clipboard. Carrie and I are so excited to have you all this morning or this afternoon or this evening, depending on whenever you listen to us. And we are actually going to be talking about one of our favorite topics, uh, staff training. And for those of you who may not know, that was actually the first endeavor that Carrie and I had together in the early childhood community was creating a training calendar for uh, Central Texas. Yep. Um, We love doing trainings for people. So um, if you're in the area or if you live someplace interesting, we might be willing to come out and train your staff. Um, I... You know, if you happen to have a center that's, you know, within 20 miles of a beach or a forest, I will come and train your staff. Um, So staff training is something that for Kate and I is, you know, just like rolling out of bed in the morning. It's super easy for us, but that's just because we've been doing it for 30 years. So I don't expect anybody else to be super comfortable with it when you're not, when you're not comfortable. I mean, I just don't expect it of everybody. So today we're going to try to talk about some ways to get a little bit more comfortable with training and some ways to do training while you're getting there. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So I want to just, I want to talk about something real quick. So Carrie talked about how for some people this is really, really comfortable and we're going to talk about baby steps and how you get to do your staff training and baby steps. And the other thing to kind of keep in mind is um, there's no such thing. As, so some people are more comfortable talking to um, maybe their peers um, or their employees. And if this seems like a more scary perspective for you, like if you would much rather go train the child care center down the street, you know, pick up the phone and call that director because they may have the same thought. So you could always flip and your first training sessions don't necessarily have to be with your own staff. So yeah. I mean, keep that in mind. That is a, that that's someplace, the best place to start. So. Yeah. So for some people talking to people they're comfortable with is where they want to start. And for other people, they're like, hell no, I want to train people. I will never have to see again. And we're okay with either of that. What we're trying to do is help you get comfortable with it because it's a great element of your professionalism and it's a great way to demonstrate to your staff and to your clients that you are a professional and that you know your stuff, right? This is also a great way to save money. Ooh. Okay. (laughs) That's always great. That's always great. You know, let's, let's be honest. This is, you know, Kate is definitely going to start talking to you about marketing and money, um, just about on any topic. And so if you think about the fact that every one of your staff have to have a minimum of 24 hours in Texas, in Texas of professional development every year, not counting first aid and CPR and their transportation safety and their food handlers. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. So there's a, there's definitely an asterisk after that 24 hours. And we wanted to make sure that you really thought through, cause that's a big budget expense for a lot of programs. And if you're not comfortable training your staff and you're more comfortable spending that money, give us a call. We'll come do it for you. 
but we'd rather you look at ways to use your resources wisely. And so I think a lot of people have gone to subscription services where they can, they basically buy a bulk of training through one of the online training providers. The question is, are your staff retaining the information that they get there or are they just staring at a screen and randomly picking answers to quizzes? Correct. And are your staff getting better at what they do? So, you know, in a perfect world, you would be able to take a human resources approach and develop a customized training plan for each one of your employees to help them become the best teacher. Uh, This gives the teacher an opportunity to identify things maybe they want to learn and where you as a director to identify topics you think that perhaps maybe would help them uh, personally and professionally. Again, maybe depending on their own personal and career goals. We recognize that not every director has that kind of time or even comfort slash expertise. So we do want to talk today about, um, we're going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say a number because I think it's four, um, four different strategies to um, help you as a director uh, train your staff in a way that is customizable, uh, can be, can, can feel more personal and perhaps maybe even take um, not a whole lot of time and prep on your part. So, so the first hang one on, I, I love. Want, I want to back up one second because okay. we're talking about primarily what we're talking about is training that you're going to do for more than one staff person. <laughs> um, so these are small group trainings with two or more of your staff. Absolutely. But so that's what we're talking about. Not the one-on-one training that you're doing because you're helping a staff member deal with a specific issue in their classroom. But when you're doing that, Issue you issue them a training certificate at the end of your session. Right. So I'm going to talk <laughs> about two and Carrie will talk about two and we'll take turns. Um, I'm going to talk about staff meetings and staff quarterly trainings, because those are going to be kind of two different ways for you to structure the time that you would spend um, with your staff. And then Carrie will take a look at a book club concept as well as exploring online resources such as TED Talks. In other words, um, kind of helping you as a director go, oh, well, I can never really thought about doing a program on that. And so um, there's lots of other things we could do. We could probably do like eight of these. Um, however, we're not gonna. <laughs> we did do um, an episode just a couple of weeks ago, specifically on developing your staff training plan. So um, if you don't have one of those, go back and listen Epi- to it. Yeah, episode 2.5. So, all right, well, I'll start with mine and then Carrie will jump into the book club concept and then I'll come back and do my second one. And then she'll do her second one. And then we're going to attempt to try to keep this under um, our 25 minutes-ish. Good luck. So (laughs) um, most programs, most businesses have regular staff meetings. And so I would like to encourage you as the director to always think of your staff meeting. Again, if it can be delivered as an email, was it worth having as a meeting? So if you're going to pull your staff together and pay them to come to a staff meeting, give it some objectives and goals, and then do an assessment at the end of the meeting on what they might have learned. So there's always going to be basically new business, old business that'll be covered at the staff meeting. And again, half the time that can be done as an email or handing people a piece of paper. Um, 
I would like you to think of it as um, a couple of things. One, were there any issues that came up during the last month that um, everybody needs to be retrained on? Or is there something coming up in, in an upcoming month, maybe curriculum wise or something that you think would be a great opportunity to do some training on? And so when you start to think about, uh, we're doing this in May. So if you're thinking about the month of June and you're going to do a staff meeting um, and you're going to do a staff meeting, you could talk about a staff meeting all around uh, patriotism or um, Fourth of July or firecrackers. You could pick all kinds of different approaches. You could do um, a one hour uh, training that includes art. Um, you know, who doesn't love some potato stars and, and get out some T-shirts and, and do some some artwork on a T-shirt for Fourth of July. Uh, you could talk to your staff about, um, you know, summer sun safety. Um, there's a variety of topics that could be covered as a training. Uh, you Does could it do a have does it have to take a whole hour? Does the whole staff meeting have to be the training? It doesn't have to be. Um, you absolutely could. Um, the reason I say an hour is because you have 12 hours a year that you as the director can provide. So I'm thinking, you know, 12 staff meetings, 12 hours, but you could do 15 minutes at the front of business and 15 minutes at the end of business and stick a, a thing in the middle. And it doesn't have to be you talking for the whole hour, right? It could be experiential learning. It could be learning by doing. Um, you could, I'm going to use the, the, the doing t-shirt, right? Painting a t-shirt. You could have all the materials and you could have people work in small groups, uh, share ideas with each other, um, of different ways to use a sponge, different ways to use potatoes, you know, those kinds of things. So um, you do need to have an objective and you need to have an assessment. You need to give them a certificate, put this in their training log. And um, it, it doesn't have to be something, it doesn't have to be, I guess what I'm trying to stress is it doesn't have to be you standing up in front of a group for an hour. Right. Um, and so um, if you're not sure what needs to be on a training certificate, it's in minimum standards. Um, if you think they might also be somebody who you're eventually going to want to have get their CDA, also look at the CDA book and see what they need on the training certificates. And then just make sure all your training certificates have those different things, which include a signature, <laughs> a date, a topic, <laughs> um, the name of the organization that gave the training, stuff like that. All right. So, Carrie... This is okay. one that you and I've talked about. It wasn't as much a thing um, back when you and I were actively running programs. Not saying it shouldn't have been, <laughs> but um, it's definitely much more a thing uh, now than it was. Which one? You mean the, the book club? Book club one. Actually, okay. either one of those fall into that category. <laughs> the thing. I'm like, well, oh, TED yeah. Talks didn't. It, well, I don't know if they existed. They weren't online <laughs> um, when I started directing. I don't know when the TED conference started. But um, so book clubs. And I did do them um, with some of my staff. Um, I did one on the 100 languages of children. And I did one of the secrets of childhood by Dr. Maria Montessori. Um, and I did the eat that frog book with my director staff, my <laughs> Um, so I did a couple book clubs. So if you're new to doing training or you're anxious about it, this is a super, super easy way to get into doing training in that you probably don't even have to come up with the questions. You don't even have to come up with the assessment because you can go on one, uh, you can Google 
discussion questions for the hundred languages of children and the internet will give you the questions. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So your goal is, you know, for them to get a basic understanding of emergent curriculum. That's the goal. And you go, okay, guys, so this is the book we're going to read for the next two months. And we're going to meet four times and we're going to break the book into four sections. (laughs) So you read the first section and then we meet and we discuss it in book club. So do we have to Um, have a test? You have to have some form of an assessment. The discussion can be your assessment. Are they interacting in the discussions at the book club meeting? If they're not saying diddly squat, they don't get a certificate. So if it's is there very something else they could do? They could write they could write it up. They could write a book report. They could, you know, do one of those arty book reports that you did back in the fourth grade with a diorama. Um, any kind of assessment that shows that they learned the stuff. They could create a um Tra- a, not a training schedule, um, a activity plan for their classroom based on emergent curriculum after reading the hundred languages of children or implement practical life in their classroom after reading the secrets of childhood by Dr. Maria Montessori. There has to be a way to show that they learned something from what you did. So where would they, where would they get these books or what? I mean, do all of the books have to be about, you know, curriculum? Do they have to be a certain size? I mean, can't we just do it on Harold and the Purple Crayon? You could do it on Harold and the Purple Crayon if you, well, I, it depends on who you are. Uh, <laughs> I have a friend who taught children's literature at the collegiate level, and I feel very confident that she could do a session on that book. Um And I can, you know, do ones on comic books without any problem, and I can absolutely make it academic. Um, So it depends on your comfort level. If you're somebody who finds literary discussion to be something you really miss from school, absolutely you can probably do Harold and the Purple Crayon because it does raise some very interesting questions about, you know, subconscious and... Um, what do you envision for your life? And this is all about manifesting. There's a lot of things in Harold and the Purple Crayon, but not every director is somebody who really wishes high school English class could have continued for the next 20 years. <laughs> I think that's a fair <laughs> assessment. Okay. So, so I'm thinking of, I feel like Deborah could absolutely (laughs) do that. Um, But not every director can. So I'm just saying you've got a range there. Um, And they can be, they can be 40 page books or they can be 250 page books. How long would it take to read that book? So you go on audible and you find out how long the audio book for that book is. And you're like, cool. So the training certificate is going to be for that long. Plus however long we spend in our discussion groups. So they may end up with a, an eight-hour training certificate because they read a book that was a six-hour book and then you had four half-hour book clubs. So do they all have to be related? I guess what I'm saying is, you know, can we listen to Matthew McConaughey's Green Lights book? Because that's a really funny book. But can I make that part of my book club? I don't know. I haven't read that one yet, Kate. Oh. Um, I told you I only just got that book. Um, so the answer is it has to be 
related to professionalism or it has to be related to one of the topics listed in your minimum standards of what your staff have to be trained on every year. So I probably don't want to read a 250 page book on, you know, food allergies. Yeah, that would be true. (laughs) So, but you could do, so like, let's go back to Harold on the Purple Crayon. Could you do Harold, could you do children's literature, Harold on the Purple Crayon, and do it on basically encouraging the staff to build their own um, unit study and then them building it? you know, becomes Absolutely. part of, okay. It would so, be a great thing to do other it would be It would be a great thing for them to do right before the Read Across America project in, what is that, March? So if you did March, that, in, yeah. if you did that in February, where you're like, okay, so let's work together to come up with what authors you want to highlight this year. Um, And what are the things that actually make that a great children's book? Why is The Little Mouse, The Red Ripe Strawberry, and The Big Hungry Bear, why is that a good book? Why is Mouse Paint a good book? Why is It Looked Like Spilled Milk? Like, what makes it a good book? I think that can be a great book club discussion. All right. So anything else you would want them to make sure they thought about as they were putting together a book club book club version of potential staff training that it's and how does that work with the 12 hours? Because what if the what if it's eight hours to listen to it and their book club discussions come out to be 13 or 14 hours? Do they still only get to count 12? Okay. I mean, you can give them a training certificate for longer than that. But um, unless you have training um that licensing recognizes as allowing you to be a trainer outside of the director being able to do 12 hours licensing may not give them credit for all the hours so i have a question if you were doing something like communication and you had a parent who was a social worker who came and facilitated part of a book club could you count those hours in a separate certificate Absolutely. You don't have to do all of it in the same certificate, um, but you're not going to get Matthew McConaughey to sign your training certificate. Oh, shush. How did you know? That's where I was going. (laughs) I'm like, no, I want want a training certificate as long as he reads it to me. Okay. So, so yeah, you can have other people facilitate it, but you you're not going to get the author to sign your certificate. So, yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> so, okay, so my second topic, um which is our third example is thinking about those times of year where your teachers come into your center to prep for the upcoming season. So a lot of times back to school, getting ready for summer, possibly even after holidays. Um, There's at least three times a a year that uh, centers naturally have what we call work days. And so to me, work days are a great opportunity to do a, uh, to issue a four hour training certificate and start to use things like, Here's our curriculum calendar. Introduce the calendar during the first year, the first 30 minutes or so, and then have the staff go identify, say, maybe the books that they want to make sure that they use for their age level during those topics or what are going to be some of the um, hands-on 
manipulatives or dramatic play or whatever the centers are that you use in your program, um, have them write that up, develop those plans. Cause right there is the assessment and the training all in one. And you talk to them for like 25 minutes and you gave them a calendar for the next four months. <laughs> then you asked them to do their job and this gives them prep time, but it also gives them an opportunity to have some focused prep time that you then get to actually review bring everybody together, have everybody afterwards share. I'm a big sharer and I'm also a big feeder. So like I really truly believe that staff meetings, staff trainings that you're hosting should include some sort of food. So if you're doing a four or five day, four or five hour um, opportunity where they're coming and getting their classrooms ready, this is a great opportunity to actually truly give them that time and you have something to show for it. And if you did that three times a year for four hour certificates, so it might be five hours because you're going to feed them, um, you know, to me, that's a solid way to develop relatable and you're giving them opportunity to prep before the day of. Absolutely. I think that's great. Um, and then the last one we wanted to talk about was using the internet as your training buddy. All right. And you have three <laughs> minutes. Uh, <laughs> even TED Talks get 17. Come on. Okay. <laughs> so, um, a great example other than TED Talks is that Netflix put out a whole series on infancy, a whole season of TV shows that are a great training resource for your staff who work in the infant toddler program. And they call it infancy or babies. I think they call it babies and it's actually infants and toddlers because, you know, everybody has a different definition of those things. To me, if they're walking, they're toddlers, but. Because <laughs> they're um, toddling. Yeah. Right. To me, that's what that means. Um, So if you are wanting to have an inspirational speaker come in and talk about um, how to help children deal with grief, say you've had a family member associated with your program who has passed away due to cancer, that's going to be a hard topic to talk about. But there are some great talks on the on TED about dealing with grief. And so you can play that as part of your discussion. You can leave it open. You can do your five minutes. As you all know, Susan's parent has died after a long fight with cancer. This is going to be hard for all of us. I don't know how each of you process. Let me show you this video and then let people share and communicate with each other after you've gotten this 17 minutes of wonderful um, communication about that difficult topic. Well, the other thing that I'd like to touch base with related to that, because I think it's important is, um, using your resources wisely. I talked about it briefly when I used the example of some, some parents or, you know, maybe even other staff who have some expertise, but, um, I think it's important for you to reach out to your own versions of your network. So go find the people in your network. Um, if you have children, your children's pediatrician, your children's dentist, you know, those kinds of things and get them to help you with, again, sensitive topics. Um, you know, police officers, um, again, this is a way to expand those training certificates so that they don't all have to be issued by you, but you also (laughs) don't have to have a police officer talk to them for four hours. The police officer can be there to talk for part of it. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about in, in episode 2.5, you know, there, 
having some variety in nope that was in a live training sorry um so having (laughs) when you have topics that have to be trained every year having different types of people giving that training so every year in texas all of your staff and you have to be trained in recognizing reporting and reducing the risk of child mistreatment abuse neglect molestation well if it's you giving that talk every year For one thing, you don't get the training certificate and you need it. And two, they're going to hear the same basic thing every year. But if you bring in an outside trainer who's just a childcare trainer, like Kate or I, one year, and then you bring in somebody who works at CPS another year, and you bring in a lawyer who deals with family custody issues a third year, and you bring in a police officer a fourth year, they're going to get a much more thorough understanding of their role as a mandated reporter and it they're not going to be taking a nap in the back of the room because this is new information or it's presented in a very different and new way. Absolutely. And that is one of my favorite things to think about when developing those training plans. And I'm sure some of you think, you guys tell us all the time to make training plans. Like what is up with the training plans? Well, hopefully this is starting to help you understand why training plans are important. Because every year, there are things that all of your staff have to be trained in. And it is annoying as all get out to be looking at somebody's training record. You know, you hired him in March, you're looking at it in February. And yeah, they've got 24 hours, but they don't have any of the specified hours you have to have. They don't have anything in abuse. They don't have anything in illness prevention. They don't have anything in dealing with food allergies. You know, all the things that are called out specifically in minimum standards, they didn't take a class in because you let them pick the classes they wanted to take. Make a training plan, make sure that they're doing what is required so that you don't get cited. And some of us are really, really good at taking classes we want to take and not the ones we have to. And so the ones you have to- Stop talking about me. (laughs) I was actually talking about me. Uh, But it's also really, really important. I mean, my solution to those kinds of classes are the ones that became the 12 hours that I taught or they became the 12 hours that I made sure were offered in the center and they weren't optional. So they were part of that. Um, a lot of times I did those work days and half of the work day was truly working in their classroom. And then the other half was training and it didn't take long for me to go, well, they've been here eight hours. Why am I only giving them a four hour certificate? Like I would roll my eyes and I'd be kind of mad because, you know, I'm paying them to be there all day anyway. We were already doing the work. So, um, you know, some of our suggestions have come out of our own frustrations. Uh, Some of our suggestions have come out of working with our directors. Um, If you don't know, Carrie and I have been teaching directors for um, almost 20 years, um, a credentialing program. We've been training directors for over 23 24, 23 years. So for 23 years, we've been training. We've been doing early child care training. Um, actually, it's probably longer than that because if I go back. Anyway. No, so over don't 20... do math. We're not doing math today. <laughs> so over 23 years, we've been working with um, people just like you. Um, we have been people just like you. And so we are coming at these from, um, A, new technologies are around. So um, there's constantly new programs that are being created by universities. 
other people who've gotten large foundation money, so they can't really charge or they charge very little for their trainings. So anytime we see those, we try to share those on social media. So if you don't follow us, um, feel free to follow us at texasdirector.org, um, which is actually also, I think, our Facebook page. I think it's facebook.com backslash texasdirector. Yep. And you can also um, find us on Colorful Clipboard, uh, Colorful Clipboard on Instagram. Um, you can always email us at hello at Colorful Clipboard, and we can definitely find you the resource, especially if you've got something that's um, a reoccurring problem in your program. Uh, give us a call. Let us help you out. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to Colorful Clipboards. Connect with us on social media at Colorful Clipboard or send us an email to hello at Colorful Clipboards. Send us your voicemail with your own questions and stories. If you want to keep learning with us, visit Texas Director, where we continue to have seminars, licensing programs, and more. This show has been made by me, Carrie Casey, and Kate Young with assistance from Hallie Casey and Marie Young. If you learned something today, share the show.